Person now, so I have a lot of free time. Uh, I'm feeling very relaxed. Question mark? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not the number one thing I would choose, uh, unless I was given a lot more money to go with it. But uh, it, uh, it, everything worked out how it was supposed to. Yeah. You know, and, and you get some dad time. Dad time. Yeah, big time dad time. It's really, really very, very wonderful. Uh, employment's overrated. Agreed. Uh, I agree with that. <laughs> we, uh, it's, it's been a minute, man, since we've done one of these things. we got a lot to get into uh, this week. We sure do. Uh, where would you like to start? Hmm. Well, uh, how about we start with uh, your your Mormon show? <laughs> Uh, that would be under the banner of heaven. Yeah, uh, uh, on Hulu, my Mormon show. Um, so to be to be clear, uh, I was excited about this show. I remain excited about the show, so I don't want to put that in the past tense. But uh, the reason that I was excited about this show is because I'm a big fan of the book upon which it's based. Uh, which is written by uh, John Krakauer, who is, uh, you know, it has some all-time nonfiction like legends. You know, this one and Into the Wire, uh, up in thin air, Into the Wild, Into the Wild. Did I say Into the Wire? I mean, yeah, I, yeah, it sounds I, like I, you're talking about either David Simon or Kanye West. I know I got David Simon on the brain. Um, Into the Wild, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, and he wrote this book uh, about the uh, Elizabeth Smart killings and then how that or kidnapping i guess right because elizabeth aren't still alive sorry um and how that sort of coincided with this sort of history of violence that runs through the mormon church now the 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 television show is seems to be much more of a more straightforward kind of detective mystery uh which makes sense um and I would say, if you were going to describe it in one word, it would be moody. Is that fair? Dark? Um, you want yeah. to go dark? Yeah, <laughs> either of those work. Brooding? Yeah, all all true. Long? I, long? Is it long by time or long by feel? Both. It's the, these <laughs> every single one of the first three episodes, all of which I watched, by the way, because the other word that we should use is deeply compelling. Um, yeah, You're, but, you were one of me. I didn't. I did not watch the one that dropped this week. Oh my god, it's uh, not any lighter. I'll tell you that. I'm not expecting it to get a lot lighter. In fact, I think we're 
you know, you 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 know better than I, but I'm guessing we're kind of headed more into this uh, tangled web of fundamentalist Mormons. Yeah, I believe you texted me uh, during the week. Nothing. Uh, yeah, here it is. Doesn't get much creepier than fundamentalist Mormons, <laughs> and, and that is definitely the truth. And it does not fly by, but it is gripping. And boy, I don't know that I had really. Did you watch the 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 rent one? Uh, tick tick boom. No, I did not. I, I don't know that I've really. Uh, it occurred to me in the middle of this. Uh, the first episode uh, as I was uh, drawn to, again, a compelling, uh, rich performance from Andrew Garfield that I'm not sure I have seen him in much else from the, you know, tweener Spider-Man. Um, and he's excellent. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, you, you know, now that you say that, I, I, I'm kind of with you. That I don't, I'm kind of realizing, like, I don't think I have seen much of his work, honestly. No, uh, and I kind of regret I that now. Seen Spider the Spider-Mans, right? So, yeah. Um, I, I, I may just be social network. He is uh, very, very good in this. It's a, I mean, the, the whole show is on his back from, like, an emotional perspective, right? Because if we don't care about Mormons, this show doesn't really work. And I'll tell you, in life, I, I don't care about Mormons. Um, in this context, I do. I, I care. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like <laughs> it's obviously a very compelling mystery, but but if he doesn't sell the conflict, I don't think this show works, right? Yep, I agree. I agree with that. And, yeah. and he's just great. Um, the the internal conflict that he's dealing with as as this character is is a huge part of the mystery. You know, part of this mystery for me anyway, and I guess you know some answers that I don't, um, is, you know, will Jeb maintain his faith through this process? Um, and that's that's sort of central to what's happening here in a lot of ways. But also, man, it's a, it's a very mysterious, spooky, creepy story, and it, it sucks you in. Yeah, it does. Um, and we should mention um, that uh, is it. It's Daisy. Is it Edgar Jones? Is that uh, that's right from uh, Ordinary People? You know, she looks. No. I'm sorry. Very different <laughs> things. Can you tell we're getting old? We're just kind of getting names of things slightly wrong. Well, I mean, yeah. In my defense, that like those are very similar names if if not similar products um but yes well, so was so into the wild and into the wire that's true that's a great point uh did you you watched californication right yes yes i did i can't get over how much daisy edgar jones looks like madeline zima who played the the uh like daughter character yes yeah, i could see that i could see that i i had not thought of that until until you said it um, for me, I'm more like, uh, wow, Rory Culkin, uh, uh, really kind of, kind of looks like a, a toy doll version of his brother. Um, which one of Kieran? <laughs> of Kieran. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Not Macaulay. Yeah. I, to, I don't know. Like Rory is the creepiest looking of them all, which is saying <laughs> something. And the beard. I, yeah. 
I mean, yeah. he's well cast as a as an insane, creepy Mormon person. As is Wyatt Russell, I might add. Which is funny because we know Wyatt Russell can also do leading man like charisma thing, um, which I guess yeah. is sort of part of this. But... He's, got, yeah, he's got the charisma thing going here a little bit. But yeah, he it's it's yeah it, this is a, it's a really well executed piece of TV, and if you're up for the sort of misery and darkness, um, I would recommend. Yeah, yeah, you got to be. Um... You got to be ready to to spend some time in a in a bit of a dark world, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, uh, have have you seen much? Are are people talking to God yet? I, I feel like there was a little bit of that in episode two, like just a hint of it. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna There's go. There's some talking to God. Yep. <laughs> It's gonna get dark. <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, it's uh, it's not the easiest watch, but I, I I am recommending this one if you can, um, if you can hang. <laughs> yeah, or, I really think that's what it is. If you can handle it, it's it's worth it. Um, but I would understand anyone who was like, you know what, no. Yeah, yeah, sure. If you if I don't I don't you know if you opt out I get it. But if you like true crime, uh-huh. say, yeah, you gotta jump all over this. Yeah, so. I mean, there's a moment right where like that feeling, even if you are gonna be able to handle it, you have that feeling of like in real life I would run right now. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's running time. Well, and that's the thing, right? It's like not you know not trying to. Whatever, I'm just gonna say it. It's like you when you're living in these communities, right? You where are you running to, man? You're literally in the damn middle of nowhere. Yeah, you know? terrifying, absolutely yeah. terrifying. This is, it. this is what you got, right? Yep. So, um, yeah, it's a it's it, it's it's gonna be a scary situation, I think, as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. <laughs> Speaking of scary situations, you want to talk about the flight attendant? Yes. Um. This is one of those shows that I'm I'm almost loath to say much too much about, just because I I'm so in the bag for th- this show specifically, and and I would say because of this show, Kaylee Cuoco in general, that I can't tell if I am ignoring things about it that other people might not enjoy uh, just because I love it so much, you know, but I do love it a lot. And I will say it took, you know, of the first episode, which is maybe 45 minutes, it took 20 minutes to just kind of reset the scene, so to speak. Um, So the first half of the first episode is, is, not nearly as compelling as the show has traditionally been, uh, but it there is a crescendo. It builds and builds, and there it is. You know, I'm caught up on that one as well, and it is uh, at a fever pitch uh, in a something's got to give scenario. And Kaylee Cuoco is doing her frantic uh, thing, which is just I I find incredibly delightful 
I just love it. I have so much fun watching this show, and I'm. It also does a phenomenal job of cliffhanging you at the end of each episode, so it's almost impossible to stop it. I I think you might be in the bag a little bit, a yeah. little bit. <laughs> Uh, so, because it is ridiculous. Like I can recognize it's ridiculous. They have they have, the scenario by which they put her back in sort of the eye of the storm is totally absurd. Um, but it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I mean, look, I I like you really liked season one. I really like a lot of these characters and performers, and um, it, you know, there's and there's just still still a lot to like here. Um, but I, I, I do feel a little bit of diminishing return from season one. And I think some of that is some of the TV stuff they, you know, that they have to do uh, to, to kind of keep the show going for a second season. Like, oh, well, we're just we'll move, uh, uh, you know, Kaylee Boko's character to Los Angeles. And oh, but everyone else is going to come too. So right. don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Um the this show, what they did was they picked their five or seven great characters and just pretty slapdashedly threw them into a new situation together. And, you know, the CIA stuff doesn't totally hold together. And uh, but, but again, none of that matters to me because I'm here to see Kaylee Cuoco frantically talking to herself in her own brain palace and Zosha Mamet just on 11 in the most phenomenal way you get that <laughs> that's why i'm here and so so at uh when they when she goes to the boyfriend's parents house <laughs> oh my god i wouldn't even argue with you that there are some diminishing returns like it doesn't have the uh new show smell of season one but you know what it is i think sometimes we come on and talk about latter seasons of shows and say you know it's just it, it like it has just repackaged the formula in a pretty TV-ish way. And so it, you know, there's not really anything new here. And I think usually that's a point of criticism. And in this case for me, I think while that is true, like what well, what was the first season? 6 8 episodes, you know? I I I I wasn't tired. I didn't need I didn't need more yet. <laughs> So, you know, if there's a third season by that point, it might be time to, uh, you know, somehow do something more serious. But I will say this show continues at its heart to be a show about alcoholism and about a woman trying to navigate, you know, breaking a cycle of alcoholism. And it's still that really in a lot of ways. And, and it has a ton of heart. Yeah. And. You know, on top of that, it's so much fun because of all the hijinks. So, like, I just, I didn't need it to revolutionize what it was doing for season two. More of the same is fine with me. Can I give you, I, I've got one more thing that I noticed. Uh, and, and honestly, this is probably in season one and I just didn't pick up on it. Or maybe I did pick up on it and I forgot about it. The score of oh, the show. phenomenal. <laughs> it's very aggressive, though, right? Yes. Like. It, there is constantly super tense piano music happening. I think we did talk about that in season one. Yeah. Um, and yes, it is like a... I, I don't even know what to compare it to. Birdman-esque score. How's that? Yeah, I, I'd say that's fair. Bird, Birdman-esque is fair. It's just there like it's driving I, I constantly. It tells you 
how to feel a little bit though, right? Like, like you, you know, they're, you're in a room and it's like, you don't necessarily know that the characters are in danger, but the score is telling you that, right? <laughs> you know, like, like that something really bad is about to happen. You know what I mean? Well, sometimes, um, yeah, but it's not always telling you the truth, right? And I think that's sort of part of the fun of the show. <laughs> that is true as well, yeah. But it's it's definitely taking you to a place, even if it's to set you up for something, you know what I mean? 100%. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it, I was like, whoa. I, I, like, I, the score really jumped up on me uh, in these last couple episodes. Um, but I'm excited because, it, you know, and uh, – I believe I've seen all the ones that are available. You know that the content, the tension is going to continue to ratchet up because yes. that's just what the show does. So yeah, that's uh, what we're doing here. We're we're on a, a you know tilt a whirl, speeding up, and until everybody vomits, it's going to be great. <laughs> can't can't wait to vomit. <laughs> um, all right, season three of Barry. Ah uh, yes. Speaking of, I I feel like, and this is no slight on. Uh, uh, flight attendant, which we love, but I feel like this is a show that's really doing the same thing in an even more artful way, right? Continuing to just, yeah, it's not doing the same thing the way the flight attendant is. It's doing the next thing almost, right? I mean, Barry is a show that where because of the central characters' changes over the course of the seasons, we're seeing kind of a different show. And not a different show. It's a, it's the same show, but like a different. I mean, he because of the way Barry changes, like the emotional and and dramatic center of the show reacts in very different ways to what's going on around him, and the kind of starting with like a dark, depressed, back to being a hitman Barry. And now having him in this sort of frantic, can I can I regain the life I thought I had in season two, Barry? Like it's a it's sort of a new thing. Yeah, and like trying to be a good person while simultaneously being the worst person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, is also an interesting thing. And just you know, the haters acting the hell out of this. Like there's oh my so God. much going on for him. And uh, Anthony Carrigan is one of the most like enjoyable characters on television right now. Noho Hank is just in the I mean he's not quite Darius from Atlanta, but he's like in the pantheon of fun side characters currently on TV. Yeah. And I don't know, like they they now put him in a situation that I think is is pretty interesting. I don't I don't really know yes. what they do do with the with Noho Hank here. Yeah, uh, he's up against it right now. It's not inconceivable that he's not on the show in a few more episodes. I don't. I it would be it would be. I don't know. I feel like re- that's a really hard card to burn. You know yeah, what I mean? I think but, that would be yeah. a poor choice unless this is the last season. Yeah, but you know. It's it's a tough spot for no like. Well, and it could be the last season. Who knows? You know. Yeah, I don't. This does not feel like a show that's going to be on for eight seasons. You no. know what I mean? So, um, so I don't, I don't know how many of these they're going to do. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, essentially, everyone who matters is still alive in the show because you got Steve <laughs> Stephen Fruit as well. Yeah. Um, in Chechnya, in Chechnya, just with the goats, uh, it's it, it, it's just it's really funny and 
one one of the only i mean there's just there're not a lot of sh- there's no shows like this really you know it's it's remarkably it's really dark it's really not funny <laughs> yeah yeah it is it 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 is this show is more capable of immense darkness and and incredible hilarity than anything else we're watching right now yeah i i would agree with that um maybe that's an interesting transition um to we on the city hmm uh, because I, I I do think that much like The Wire, um, this is a show about very serious things that kind of betrays the fact that there's a, a sly sense of humor uh, running underneath at times. I would uh, agree with the sly sense of humor. I, I I I will say I quite enjoyed this. I will continue to watch it and. How do I put this? It reminds me of a a scene in probably my favorite movie of all time, which is uh, the Kids in the Hall film Brain Candy. Um, That's your favorite movie of all time? It's up there. I mean, it's... I don't know. I don't really have a favorite movie of all time, I don't think, but um, Brain Candy is certainly, certainly like the movie I like the most relative to the number of people in the world who are aware of it. Um, well, I guess I don't need to ask if we're going to be covering the kids in the hall reunion movie. Uh, I think we should, but I, <laughs> but I enjoy brain candy like- much more than I enjoy kids in the hall. Broad, broadly speaking. Oh, that, that is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like kids in the hall. I love brain candy. I could practically recite the entire film to you. Um, but the point I, of this, I'm not sure so since it came out, uh, well, you should watch it again. It is truly deeply hilarious, and might too. Yeah. Uh, only a little dated in parts, and really pretty um, salient. Anyway, there's a scene. If you don't know, Brain Candy is a, a sort of parody about a drug company and antidepressants. Um, and there's a scene where people are trying to come up with new drugs for the drug company, and they're like presenting them to the board and. The, the drug company's biggest hit is this thing called stummies, which are basically Tums as far as you can tell. And one of the scientists comes in and says, I've invented a pill. It's a lot like stummies. And everyone's like, oh, good. Oh, yeah. Oh, sounds good. And they're like, okay, tell me more. <laughs> the, the scientist just says, it's exactly like stummies, only a much better bigger pill um and i think that's this is exactly like the wire only a much newer baltimore yeah i mean i I... And, and i just for me i don't think this is a fair way to judge it but like i I'm in the middle of a extended rewatch of The Wire and it's so good and I love the characters so much and there are so many of them that I know so well and care about and I just obviously am not there yet with this show and they introduce us to a lot of people in the first two episodes and put a lot of uh, socio-political issues on the table and I I am both intellectually consciously aware of the fact that it will take time it always does with the David Simon show to lay the groundwork so that it can be incredible and I don't doubt that this will be incredible but after two episodes part of me is like should I just go 
watch more wire instead <laughs> well i would say yeah like that your description of that uh sounds a lot like uh what someone who's watching the wire for the first time would say um yeah exactly exactly say, yeah that i don't i i don't think it's exactly like the wire but i think it is obviously very reminiscent of the wire and uh, clearly intentionally so right like it's you know these are smart people they know what the they know line is the same. police yeah you know a show about policing baltimore from these guys is going to do and like if you're not trying to be reminiscent of the wire right you're not putting actors from the wire uh in it in totally different roles to be you know right well right? that's like, the thing the, hey there's pooty you know what i mean right or, half the cast up now you know what I mean? half so, the cast is from uh, the wire and um uh, and look by the way the new members of the cast um bernthal is fantastic uh the josh charles josh charles is really good the woman who's playing the civil rights uh like fed is excellent yeah. uh wumi mosaku is her name yeah i didn't uh, want to screw that up but but good for you um, she was uh, she was in uh, the the uh Oh my God! See, this is like uh, doing the name thing again. The uh, the HBO show uh, the, the, with monsters, Lovecraft Country. Thank you. Yes, correct. Um, she was as the sister. The yeah. sister, yeah, who ran the like house. Um, okay, don't, so don't what I'm saying is, own Gabrielle Carteris, <laughs> the great SAG after president. That's correct, Gabrielle Carteris. Yeah, um, this. The log line is exactly the same as The Wire. Uh, we look at policing and government in Baltimore at multiple levels and how the system interacts with the most vulnerable people in the city, right? I mean, that's what this show is. That's what The Wire was. This is different, but I would say the main difference is times have changed. Yeah. And I mean, I, the, I, this show yeah. is essentially saying, look how much times have changed and yet how little times have changed. That's, that's what this show is doing uh, relative to the wire. And I'm again, I've no doubt it's going to come together in an incredible way because all the pieces are in place, but like, because the wire already exists and I think it's the greatest show of all time. And I love it so much. A little bit of this is like, all right, I, I guess I got to really sit down and lean in to, to, establish a foundation that will even allow this to to try to be something near as good as the wire well you, you do what you don't because the one difference between this and the wire is that you got way less runway only there's only six episodes of this so and we've seen two so you know Wait, what is I mean? it it's not it's a limited series yeah are we sure uh well I don't know it, it was ordered as six episodes huh. <laughs> and this is six episodes so yeah I don't know maybe they'll make more um or something but uh, as far as I know yeah just six so interesting definitely just six in this season so um well so, then yeah, that so, that's so even I more gonna, I have a feeling the pace is going to pick up a lot uh, as we, as we we get yeah there. I guess they got a lot to do. So the other thing I would say uh, in terms of the experience of watching this show, right? Like, you, you know, you, you could kind of expect this uh, David Simon Pelicano show is not really going to hold your hand, right? No. Uh, um, there's a lot of time jumps. Yep. Uh, and it's confusing. And sometimes, sometimes you get a Chiron and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I would say John Barenthal's hairstyle. Tends That's to correct. Be his beard. Does, does he have stubble or not? Is the best way to. <laughs> yeah. Or how long is his hair? Right. Those yes. are the, the things. So, uh, it's, but you gotta, you kind of gotta pay attention, uh, or you will get a little lost. So. Yep. Again, just like the wire. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm hoping, and I'm kind of honestly, I, I, hoping is not really where I was almost assuming, honestly, mm-hmm. that every, uh, the, you know, they're not going to waste a lot. That these details and, and things that may seemingly be unimportant or slow in the beginning are really going to add up to stuff later. So Might, might you say all the pieces matter, which of all? course is the name of a Wire episode. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just you saying. Might, you might say it. So, uh, but you know, obviously, look, so much confidence in the people involved, and yes. like, look at this, like the gang is all together on this. Yes. Uh, that I, yeah, I, I'm, ex- I'm very excited to see where it goes. I will be watching. Um. All right, and that brings us to the man who fell to earth. I'm kind of curious as to where you are on this. Um. <laughs> I might, I might just be exposing myself as like a. Uh, weird nerd who likes to stare at actresses he enjoys on TV, but um, I like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm not going to say it's great. Uh, I'm interested to see where it goes, but like, I think Ch- Chiwetel Ejiofor is doing a, he's doing a fun thing. Like his over-the-top alien who just landed and is gradually learning to communicate is fun and funny. And this show is, like, there's a lot of struggle for the characters in what we've seen so far, but the show itself manages to be pretty fun. Yeah, there... They're leaning a little too hard into the unfrozen caveman lawyer, uh, you know, of this for my mm-hmm. for my taste. Like, I yeah, I get it. He's a fish out of water, and the world's hard to understand, and it's hard to communicate with you know and understand the subtleties of communicating with people. Yeah, um, I get it. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I assume that we're about to move past that in the story. So, I'm, right. I I'm, mean, obviously, he's going to learn to communicate properly, and probably Naomi Harris is going to have to teach him. But uh, yeah, and I didn't quite follow through on that. But I just love Naomi Harris. I think she's great. I think she's, she's just yeah. such a good actress, and also so charismatic. Um, she makes the whole thing work, and uh, I am interested in the story of her family and the story of how she ended up where she is instead of like in some fancy laboratory and i am am excited at the prospect of this alien man uh sort of lifting her fortunes up i i i want to continue to watch this show which i think is probably about as good a thing as you can say about a show and i'm not going to tell anybody that it's groundbreaking or world-changing but I do enjoy it. I want to continue to watch the show. I, I'm a little concerned because there's a large pile of shows that I feel that way about, and it may get lost in that pile. Uh, but that's not the show's fault. And I would also say between Chiwetel uh, uh, and uh, Clark Peters and Bill Nighy, there, uh, there are a lot of good actors who are, who are given free reign to choose scenery in yes. this show. It is a uh, classic. So I'm going to uh, enjoy the, the, you can almost picture the phone call uh, to Bill Nye 
um, was just like, Bill, uh, we're we're doing a TV thing. Could you just come do your your thing for? Uh, we shouldn't need you for more than a couple days. <laughs> yeah. Just come, come just be stand in front of the green sea, uh, green yep. screen. <laughs> You're just gonna come right into the studio. Uh, but honestly, if you, if you don't want any other actors to be there that day, we can arrange it. You're just gonna stand here and do do the Bill Nye thing, uh, and and we're gonna have a lot of fun. And he was like, "Sure, yeah, yeah, I'm up for that." <laughs> that's yeah, that's my thing. I love doing that. And boy, does he do it! And he does it like. You're right that it is scenery chewing, and and Lester Freeman, uh, for for those who didn't recognize the actor's name, uh, speaking of the wire, is is Naomi Harris's dad, and also given free reign. And the scenery chewing is pronounced, but to me, not at all uh, cheesy or unenjoyable. I find it wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. They're pros, man. <laughs> yep. So go go off. You know what I mean. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, and, and look, and the scenery chewing is not quite as meaty as what obviously what the main character gets to do, where you know, y- you know, he's stumbling through an airport and, and puking up gallons of water. Yeah, he's hamming it up as like a <laughs> uh, guy who doesn't understand how to communicate properly. It's th- th- there's a lot of big performances in this show, which is why Naomi Harris playing a real person at the center of it is so critical. But I think she knocks it out of the park, and so do they. Team Grandpa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's get let's get into talk sh- uh, to, to Top Chef uh, uh, because I definitely felt like this was an interesting. Uh, I don't know about controversial uh, Top Chef, but I'm just going to start there. I'm not sure the right person went home this oh, week. Oh, I disagree. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. They were it it. It's a tough call because clearly there were some problems with all three losing to some pretty big problems with all three. I've had this conversation already, so I'm deeply prepared for it right now. But who is the person that you would have sent home? I I I think Damar should have gone home. Right. So first of all, I feel like um I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna report you to the cops because this podcast has just become an assault on my person. Um <laughs> I think you're aware of how I feel about DeMar. By the way, I'm going to be in Chicago the first week of July. And uh, if you want to come on down and join me and the wife at Virtue, uh, that, that, that would be great. Um, um, I think I think I may be out of the country in the first week of July. Ooh, tough one. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to go eat DeMar's food in person in July, and I can't goddamn wait. And yeah, I will sit at that restaurant this year. It'll happen. So Yeah. Uh, and And... I, it was a bad week, and not just in the elimination challenge. He had a bad week at the quick fire too. Just, just not, not in his zone this week for whatever reason. It happens to the best chefs, and Demar's uh, more evidence of that. But he put something that, while largely uninspired, was, as described by most of the judges, fine. And at least had one element in the pickles that was exciting and interesting and flavorful. Ashley didn't flavor her tuna properly, probably didn't uh, butcher her tuna properly, but had a really cool idea, executed the design element really well, 
and put edible food on the plate, right? Ashley's was the best of those three. I think and I agree. I would, the judges would would agree with that, right? Yeah. So it, okay. you're talking about Jay or Demar. Really. Here's the thing. Nobody liked anything on Jay's plate. So like uh, Demar's was a huge letdown for Demar. Was was boring in a lot of ways, but did have at least one element that everybody was like, those pickles were good and spicy and flavorful. And Jay's was like undercooked barley that wasn't as tasty as they wanted it to be with beef that was bad. Like there was nothing on the plate that anybody said a positive thing about. There may have been bigger negatives for Damar, but at least he had the one element that that he pulled off. Yeah, see, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm going the other way on this. I, 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 I would say pretty much every chef who's clearly overcooked rice has gone home on the show. Like it's like that's the classic get sent home. Well, but so, she, but but Jay had undercooked her barley, which is which yeah. is like just as much of it's, a. I don't mess know up. if it's just as much of a cardinal sin, right? Like rice is rice is a little bit more of a basic thing than barley. You know what I mean? You know, I wonder if it hurt Jay that they when they talked about the barley, she was like, "I tasted it several times, and like that's how I wanted it." You know yeah, what I mean? That part, that part, I, I think, didn't help because Demar uh, was like, "Look, I." I just had a bad day. I cooked the rice twice, yeah. and I couldn't just make rice today. But I, I, I'd say when you combine that, when you combine that really basic, often gets you sent home mistake. You know what I mean? Think about just think about the risotto. It's like how many people died on risotto? You know what I mean? This is just rice. Um, the uh, and you throw that in with he never had a really had an idea. He basically said as much when he was shopping. Like I don't really know what to do with this for this challenge. Um, and I wrote, I wrote down at the time, like, oh man, making chicken liver, that's, that seems like a risk on a, on a space, uh, flight. Well, and you know, you the, don't have something really good to go with it. And those were served together and it was just about the ugliest table in Top Chef history. Yeah. Like those, neither of those two dishes looked at, looked at all appealing. Did I say looked at, looked at all appealing is what I was trying to say. Um, just really the, one of the like brown and grayest unappetizingest tables I've ever seen yeah. in Top Chef. Yeah. And this was after they had really liked all the other dishes pretty much. Yes. You could say, obviously there were some problems with Ashley's dish, but I think everyone enjoyed the experience of Ashley's dish because she went in so hard on the presentation side of it. Yeah. Uh, and that did matter in a challenge like this, right? Like agree. some days presentation is just like. Uh, uh, you know, icing on the cake. But this is one where it was almost like 50-50 food and presentation. Yeah. I think she could, like, if she had cooked that tuna better, she could have been in the top three. You know, Agreed. By the way, can we just talk for a second about how fucking cool it is that they got to talk to astronauts live in space and that <laughs> Buddha's dessert is going to be, like, reproduced for consumption in space? Like... <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but it seemed like to the participants, and certainly for me, watching this episode was a reminder of, like, the childhood. It got me thinking about, like, the human instinct to explore. Because, like, who didn't love space as a kid? Who wasn't yeah. fascinated and, and, and you know, mind-blown by 
space travel as a kid. And to, to like, have that, I don't know. I was just thinking about, like, can you imagine if, if like, someone took, I mean, just as a stupid example, if, if, like, someone told us that someone on the International Space Station was listening to our podcast, how fucking cool that would feel. And that's just a dumb podcast, not, like, a dish that we created specifically for astronauts, you know? <laughs> All right. So I, I had some thoughts about this. One, the first of which is, like, incredible challenge for TV. And when you say Top Chef Houston... You're you're guessing at some point there's a space challenge, right? Like I mean, I hadn't thought of it, but of course, yes. Yeah. Um, when they said the winning the winning chef's dish will inspire a dish that's going to go up into space, my immediate thought was, oh, the actual dish that's going to go up into space will be way worse. And when uh, when Buddha's dish won, I, I felt like, oh yeah, that's especially true. Like they're you know, not going to be, be able to recreate this in a way that's going to fit in one of those, you know, in a bunch of those bags and, and kind of recreate that experience. Uh, like inspired by, I was doing a lot of work. I felt yes. like, um, and also I have to say like for a challenge where the, the two rules seem to be no crumbs and no liquids, it seemed like every dish had both. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is that like, as cool as it was from a TV and an experience thing, and I think you could tell everyone was sort of generally moved by the experience of it, uh, it was a little gimmicky on the food challenge side of things. You know well, what I mean? So, I mean, I, d see, but this is where they, in the quick fire, they did the most ostentatious Chipotle promotion you could imagine to distract you from the ostentatiousness of the later space challenge. <laughs> I just decided like the first 10 minutes, they're just going to go hard on the, on the product placing. Cause it wasn't just Chipotle, right? Like they're like, Oh my God. The Houston Farmers market has become the yeah. uh, hip destination yep. for, and I'm like, okay, yep. how much did you pay for this plug? Houston farmers market. Yeah. Club so, Houston farmers market is what they call it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing that made me laugh this week was there there was a moment where uh there was a note to the you know top six chefs that was like grab a map and head over to the houston farmer's market right and uh i just couldn't believe they they had to grab a map why couldn't they just speak it to their bmws like i don't i thought that was yeah. the whole <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, get in one Houston Farmers Market plug, I can I can I just I I mean I feel like uh, we we've gotten this far and we haven't really discussed Buddha that much. Like this was a a man of the match episode for Buddha. Well, uh, so I I would say in general, this episode delineated our our sort of top of contest rankings. And look, uh, you know. I just think it's a bad week for DeMar, so I would leave him in the top three, but he's clearly third in the top three. Yeah, there's a shift. To me, and to me, it's and one Buddha, eight. One. I think Buddha's clearly first. Oh, you do? Yeah. I, I love Evelyn. She's, she's phenomenal. I think most seasons of Top Chef, she would be number one. Most of the ones I've watched, the way she's performing. But thing about Buddha is, and, and this is, I think, the thing that most deserves to be talked about as it regards him, because I think there's always, if not more than one, at least one science chef on Top Chef, right? 
there's always one guy doing the foams and the crazy experimental looking stuff and freezing things and like someone had a hilarious description of buddha in this episode like oh this space challenge is perfect for buddha look at him over there playing with his chemistry set and mixing things and freezing them and you know lighting them on fire um there's always that guy i'm not sure there's ever been that guy who is also clearly the best chef from like a flavor and heart standpoint uh well uh, i think you harken back to richard blaze right it was the science yeah, and that's guy. before i really watched uh consistently yeah i mean they, he, that was one of the more like he was just crushing everybody all season kind of seasons you know mm-hmm. um uh, you know and he's he's very sciencey but i i agree you like you know i think tom put it well it's like you got a lot of tricks in your bag um but he uses them well, and he's versatile. And you know, I really thought it was interesting. I'm like, you know, because in the quick fire portion, I'm like, oh, Buddha making fajitas. Yeah. <laughs> this could be interesting. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't that this doesn't necessarily seem like a uh, a place where he's going to shine. But he he did a great he did great with fajitas too. You know what I mean? Like he is he, great at know, everything. He's he seems really damn versatile. Uh, yeah, and you know, and then on top of that. Uh, you know, not to be crass, but he's like, yeah, I like to make this dish for my wife. And then you get a photo of the wife and the wife is like a stone cold stutter. And I'm like, Buddha, <laughs> little Buddha, who knew? Buddha um, is thriving. And, and he really, <laughs> yeah, he's thriving, man. He I, like, to your point about the fajitas it, and with those fajitas, it's not like he did something crazy. What he did was make a simple corn salsa that, both of the judges were like, oh, my God, that is phenomenal, right? So, like, he is both capable of the most complicated dish on the table and of making the simplest dish taste the best. And I just think that's a rare com- combination uh, in terms of this show. And and he has so consistently put some of the best food on the table. Every episode, he's put some of the best food on the table. It's yeah, but just... I would also say that's that's my it's kind of where I'm at for Evelyn, right? Like Evelyn was low in restaurant wars, but that was like because she was just on the losing team, and uh, yeah. even then they were like she cranked out all the good food and did the work. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah. uh, other than that, right? Like I think uh, you know she had one low finish in early in the season, but everything has been cranked out just you know it's really soulful if there's anything involving like mexican like she's just crushing it yep she really knows her flavors she can elevate she can she can do comfy and home style i think she's got really inspired ideas and i think she's she's very much a contender uh and, and as good as good as buddha has been and i i have no arguments for anything that you've said um uh, you know, I I think she's right there with him, and I think she's been maybe a little bit more consistent. You know what I mean? As Buddha said, that was kind of his first win in an elimination challenge this week. So yeah, but uh, he's been in the top three almost every single time. Yes, but so, so is that, and she's got three wins. So yeah, I, I maybe you're right, but for me, I I don't know. Buddha just seems to be a tick. It's it's you know tiny little degrees. And by the way, while we're doing this, like. Worth saying that on any given challenge, Nick has the ability to beat all of them. I so 
uh, yeah, like I, I was de- just about to say, like if you got a fourth guy or a fourth person, I should say, <laughs> at this point it has to be Nick. Yes. And and I, and I had not realized this until now. I'm, I'm looking at it on the table that Nick has not been on the bottom this season yep. at all. And he's the baker man. The, he's the and Mississippi he's the baker. baker. And I was not, I had I that was so great that they kind of did that because I yes. was not aware that he had been slightly like winning money this whole time. Neither had neither was <laughs> I. But he's up to what forty five grand now or something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed with Nick. I really feel like he's been finding his stride these last few weeks. Yes. Uh, and man, do they love that gumbo? They love the gumbo, and and it felt like it was very original. I, I and you know, it's interesting because obviously, it's for to him, it's old, it's old hat, right? It's something he's done a million times. But um, I think that's one of those things, and I think we usually see this from most chefs most seasons. Is like at some point, someone usually reproduces something they've done a thousand times, and it's almost always uniformly like loved. Because you, these are tremendous chefs that have been yeah. doing their thing. And even the ones who are, don't function great on Top Chef, they've been doing their thing at a high enough level to get on Top Chef. So when they do just their thing, it's usually pretty excellent. Were you aware that Mississippi gumbo was a thing that existed? Nope. No, me neither. And it seemed like the judges were also not. So it was like yeah. nice, a nice little trick to have in the bag, really. You know what I mean? Good, good for Nick. I don't feel like there's a big Mississippi food scene in general, so Nick is really blazing uh, a new national trail. I feel for real, like it kind of makes you want to try some Mississippi food, right? So, well, you know what it makes me want to try because I guarantee it was in that shit is Nick's twenty six spices. For God's sakes, can I just have some Nick's twenty six spices? <laughs> Man, if that guy is not bottling that stuff, uh... have we Googled it? No, we have not. We have not, but we will be shortly. Uh... <laughs> Do you know his last name? Is it Wallace? Uh, I, well, I don't, don't want to say that. I gotta think if you put Nick's twenty six in there, it's coming up, right? Nick, Nick Wallace, Wallace Nick twenty six, Nick's twenty six. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can already buy it. <laughs> it's only right, eight bucks, so it's how much? Shortly, it's Hold only eight on. bucks. Twenty eight. Well, now my internet's getting slow on me. Uh, I will be purchasing a container of Nick's 26 spices. I, I still, I, there's a like coffee shop around the corner, basically. I'm a little further than that, but close by my house that sells Monique's tarts. So I, uh, I, I've been planning to try to do that. But, uh, you know. All right. Well, we're. We're gonna have to make some dishes with Nick's twenty six and so. Oh, hold on! You can, <laughs> you can get that that sixteen dollar one is a big old nine ounce container. Yeah. Oh, I only saw the five ounce for eight bucks. So well, go. that's weird. Uh, but that's fine. You could just <laughs> you buy you hold it. You could just buy two five ounces for. I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Pricing structure uh, needs work, but I'm still buying the spices. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> Um, all right, we we should probably address Last Chance Kitchen at this point, right? Oh, no, because I didn't watch it. Oh, you know we haven't been talking about Last Chance Kitchen. Uh, I mean, I know I know that the winner is coming back, but we haven't been talking about it, and and it doesn't pop up on my YouTube TV until the day after. So I've just been waiting since we haven't discussed it. But uh, now I regret that decision. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, should I okay. pause the podcast and go watch it and come back? Because that would only take ten minutes. Um, 
No, because I have to go do stuff. I I need to get work done. Um, but um, oh, I forgot you have a you have a job. Sorry, yeah. it, it gets <laughs> yeah. confusing these days. Sorry, I wasn't trying to rub that in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we do know who's coming back in the competition, and uh, um, it, it, it will be interesting next week, I think. And all, everyone else knows, too, because uh, I, I don't think it's running it too much to say that the uh, the remaining contestants in the competition take part in the judging. Uh, ah, yeah, I think that usually happens on the last last chance kitchen. Sometimes, the, sometimes it happens that way. Sometimes they like to bring it back as a surprise. So Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. So yeah, so you'll you'll find out who it is uh, shortly. Um, all right, um, I think that's all I got. You ready that's... for for some challenge next week? I I yeah, I'm so very ready for some challenge next week. Um, I feel like this is an all stars that's gonna feel a lot more like the original. The flagship, and I'm yeah, excited for that. Really, what this season of All Stars is more of the All Stars that um, I imagined. Um, it's actual they... All Stars, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> Correct. And 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 you know, I don't remember Cynthia very well, but she has a title. And there's one other person, Ronnie. Ronnie? Uh, is there? I don't. I don't know. I guess I need to look at the whole cast here. Uh, there's two women who I don't remember super well, but everyone else. I mean, I think the toughest squeeze from the All Star perspective would be John A. But after the two All Star seasons she did, I feel like she definitely qualifies. And everyone else is a legit competitor. Athletic. Mm-hmm. Some of them are more there for their, uh, you know, consistent <laughs> drama. <laughs> drama. Yeah, but but they're still. I still consider those people all stars, right? They're a different kind of all star, perhaps, but they're still all stars to my to my thought process. So I'm excited to watch a group of people that I'm excited to see again, if that makes sense. As opposed to a group of people that did indeed do this before, but I don't maybe care about as much. Yeah, I uh, you know I I'm over the moon that Veronica's uh, competing in this because I feel like it's kind of tailor made for her. Plus, Is it how? M- Go ahead. Sorry. Plus, she goes way back with yes. So. Um, uh, who I think is more of on the good guy side of things. So I'm curious to see how that alliance uh, forms in this house. You know what I mean? Yeah. How much of your excitement? is tied to the fact that she is your age and still competing on the channel. <laughs> a little bit of that. I think yes, kind of is too. I'm pretty sure they were on like semester at sea or something like that together. Road rules or something. So semester um, at sea is correct. Yeah. 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 And Mark too, but while we're at it. So, um, yeah, but you know, these, the, the guy lineup is so stacked this year, bringing Jordan and, and, and Wes into this group that already obviously had some, some true legends. Uh, it's it's gonna be great. Kayla is a fantastic addition. Uh, who well, was here maybe a little earlier than I expected? You know what I mean? But oh um, no, I, she goes way back. I'm glad to see her too. And, and listen, I, okay, 
Wes and Jordan guarantee us, right, that this is not a nice house. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, and they're like they're also probably the like what two of your top three or four certainly if you're picking a winner, but yeah. just the fact that like that ratchets the political game is going to be on ten from the beginning, which has yeah. just not been the case for the first two All Star seasons. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's clearly about to go up to, uh, another level. Can't wait. Um, I I have been uh, I've been I've been training myself, getting ready for this season. Um, so if I'm not here next week to talk about the challenge, it's because Rachel killed me in in one of these challenge workouts. I I you te- <laughs> you texted me that you were thinking about doing the workout, and I was like, I listen to the podcast, man, and if it's if these people are telling the truth, it is going to be brutal. It is brutal. It it is when you are when you're sitting there and she's working out with Mark Long, and Mark Long's like, "I I got to take a break." Then you don't feel so bad when you got to take a break. (laughs) Yeah, she is. uh, She is something else. It is. uh, Yeah. It. She's. Yeah. And and obviously she's still in tremendous shape, and clearly is just not doing these challenges because she's. You know, spending all this time building some sort of fitness empire because she's she could really get step out there and compete right now. And um, no, that's she when she was on the podcast. That's basically what she said: is like, I ain't got time for that challenge nonsense. I'm I'm out here building a fitness empire. <laughs> I mean, she didn't use those exact words, but like that was the general message. They were like, "Would you ever again?" And she's like, "You know, I'm doing things. I got stuff." <laughs> You know, like just like I, I don't really see it fitting into my schedule. Um, so yeah, yeah. I look. I could. I could maybe. All Stars actually sort of seems like it's perfect for her, right? Because it's three weeks. You know what I mean? Like you can still keep your fitness empire. You just take a, a little bit of a long vacation. Yeah, uh, I just think she is in a. Ain't nobody got time for that shit. Yeah, I feel like she's passed it from a from a life standpoint. Yes. I think you know what I mean, and uh, and and good for her. And I would, I hey, give it a shot is what I would say. But man, it's I'm I'm sore right now. Man, I, I'm just I, trying I to get on the just... elliptical. Okay, <laughs> I'm just trying to get on the elliptical for thirty minutes here and there. That's all. <laughs> all right. Well, that's on the challenge YouTube channel. If anybody feels like like picking it up and giving it a run. Um, what kind right. of? Do you need a bunch of equipment? No, uh, all, all the workouts so far have been a mat and uh, medium dumbbells. So, right on. Uh, and and she's very clear about medium can mean a lot of different things. So, <laughs> okay. so yeah, not too bad. All right. Um, all right. On that note, we should talk about homework, right? Let's do it. Lock. There's a lot going on. A lot going on out there in the world. Um, so we're gonna make it simple with the challenge and Top Chef next week. Uh, we're going to add to that the offer, uh, which is a show about the making of The Godfather, starring Miles Teller and some other people. That's on Paramount Plus. Yep. Um, and then Made for Love, uh, season two on HBO Max. Yep. Um, and a show called I Love That for You, which has been airing on Showtime. I think I think oh, last week was the first one. So it's uh, uh, yeah, it's um, and now I'm blanking on her name from Samantha Bayer. Is that? I don't think it's Vanessa Samantha. Bayer. Vanessa Bayer, there it is. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, who you will recognize from Saturday Night Live if if you've ever watched Saturday Night Live in the last uh, seven years or so. 
Um, 2010 to 2017, she was on uh, Saturday Night Live. She she's been off Saturday Night Live for five years. Isn't that weird? Um, she's almost exactly my age. She uh, is very funny and very specific. And this show is somewhat. I, w- I wouldn't say it's based on her life, really, but it is. Uh, it, 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 the character is a sort of goofy alt universe version of her. Um, so I'm I'm pretty interested to see how it how it, how it goes. Yeah, and uh, you know I think Molly Shannon's really had an interesting late career renaissance, and she's uh, in this as well. So Molly uh, Shannon and and Jen- uh, Jennifer Lewis as well. It's a uh, trio of ladies leading the leading the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so looks funny. Uh, we'll find out if it is, <laughs> and tell you about it next week. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's all I got for now. Okay, bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The lights out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the Jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.